Well, welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm sorry I'm late. Um, I think people can't drive in the snow and uh, the chargers were backed up after I went to the vet, had to go charge up. But you know, it's like there's a line. This this sucks. Uh, you know, until my daughter gets home, I have to keep staying at the house and I can't go back to my apartment. So I can't wait for my baby to come to Ohio so I can have her in proximity. I miss her so much. Um, and I miss the convenience of having a charger <laughs> closer. Um, it's just, I, I don't think people can drive, but either way, I'm pretty sure most of you have other things to do. A lot of you catch me on the podcast anyway. Um, you know, there's abundance of entertainment, especially, you know, when, you know, revelations are coming out. We've got so much just ugh, throwing up all over the place. But so much is happening, too. Lots of resignations. Damn. Dang, lots of resignations. Lots of them. A lot of them here. A lot of them there. A lot of them everywhere. People aren't going to be coming back for terms. They don't know what they're doing. Jack Dorsey resigns. Like, duh. He chose Africa. Besides, he was at the uh, crypto conference. Um, and, uh, you know, he was actually uh, confronted there uh, by someone telling him that it's all censorship. And he was like, no, 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 you're right. Uh, Twitter is not what it used to be. He said it. I'm pretty sure there's recordings out there um, and that he was working on something else and that, you know, Twitter is not what it should have been. But we all know that Twitter was never his in the first place. It was a DARPA project. I've told you that. And they actually used it uh, for uh, checking how Twitter can amplify or uh, de-escalate ideas. And that came from them uh, using sock puppets back in the day when they were trying to manipulate public opinion in regards to uh, Bradley slash Chelsea Manning. And so that's basically how I got it. And his 90-day notice was given in August. And then you have people coming up. with It's 111 days. It's not 90. It's like, stop. He's the CEO. They had to wait till... Black Friday was over so they can sell ad space. Like, come on, uh, you got to be realistic. And then <laughs> and then they decide, hey, no trading on Twitter now that this news came out. It's like, wait, what? You mean you're not trading the stock now that news came out? I mean, that's where stocks dip and people, you know, buy or people sell off at a high. <laughs> like, what's going on? So are we fixing markets for certain companies? That, that sounds so rigged. That sounds so rigged. I, I you know, <laughs> just when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, that's never happened ever. They allow uh, stocks to tank. And I was just like, um, what? So that happened today. Not only that, we had the Ghislaine Maxwell trial begin. And I was looking everywhere for a lifeline. Obviously, no phone calls, but you can be in person. And it was like, shit, if I could, I'd be there every day live streaming audio from in the courtroom. And unfortunately, I can't. Um, you know, I'm a single parent, so it's just me. So um, um, not only that, you know, I was the one that told you that 
Jesse Smollett was going to be bringing down a lot of people. And today was his, um, you know, jury selection because that's happening now. Oh, we didn't forget that. We didn't forget how Kamala Harris is linked to that. We don't forget how uh, Kim Fox is linked to that. We don't forget Tina Chen and the Obamas, right? <laughs> we don't forget that because all of that is coming to fruition. So let's begin with a little refresher on how Kamala Harris and Spartacus wanted to pass a lynching bill, a lynching bill. And they decided uh, that, you know, they're going to task Jesse Smollett to put on a show for the world and get, um, you know, a noose around his neck and bleach, you know, by fellow actors, of course, uh, so that they can pass this lynching bill. But, you know, this show was quite interesting because, you know, Chappelle was like, nah, man, I think it's time we revisit that. Nah, man, stuff isn't adding up. Being attacked happens to the best. Don't, Don't ever forget, forget what happened to that, that French, French actor. actor. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? about? Juicy Smollett, he's a very, very French, French, very famous French actor. <laughs> is an actor from France. <laughs> and, and he became famous on a show called Empire. One night, he was in Chicago late at night and was the victim the victim of a, a racist and homophobic attack. You see, Juicy Smouillet is <laughs> gay and he is black, not just French. Okay, I want to add to that. So Juicy Smouillet, his father also is like a five foot four Russian white guy, right? And his mom is like related to Kamala Harris. <clears throat> and Juicy, Juicy Smoulier right, is Russian, but hates white people, right? I hate white people, but his dad is a Russian. So, so freaking bizarre. And, you know, he's gay, of course, you know, we got to use that, that pride flag because that's, a, that's a label. We need all the race cards out here. So wait, you know what? Let's put some race cards on our, on our board here. Where's the race card? There we go. So he uses all the race cards out here and it was perfect. You know, I don't have a pride card. I should make one for my streams. You know, I only have the race card of America, you know, to put as a logo. So, um, he, uh, you know, just so happened, you know, to be a victim of this crime and, and, and you can go back to when it happened and you'll hear me saying, well, it's kind of weird that he told his agent first. And the first person that he spoke to also was Don Lemon, right? <laughs> this is going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, it was it, it, like, I was trying to find the jury trial picks and I wanted, if I had anyone in Chicago who's retired that wanted to go in and just stream that shit. And I'd like restream the shit out of it. Uh, Cause that is one of the most interesting things we'll see unfold. But anyway, let's continue because, uh, you know, 
Chappelle puts it very nicely. I mean, he doesn't mention the whole lynching bill at the time, at the end of January when the shit happens and how they were pushing it. But, you know, Don Lamont, maybe he mentions him. I don't know. Let's see. Oh, it was a crazy story. Apparently, when he's walking down the street late at night, two white men came out of the shadows uh, with MAGA hats on, beat him up, tied a rope around his neck, called him all kinds of niggas, and, and put some bleach on him and ran off into the night. This shit was like international news. And everybody was furious, especially in Hollywood. It's all over everybody's Twitter feed and Instagram page. Justice for Juicy and all this shit. The whole country was up in arms. He was talking about it all the time on the news. And, and for some reason, uh, African Americans, we were like oddly quiet. <laughs> we were so quiet about this shit that the gay community started accusing African American community of being homophobic for not supporting him. What they didn't understand is that we were supporting him with our silence. <laughs> Because we understood that this nigga was clearly lying. None of these details added up at all. He said he's walking down the street in Chicago and, and, and uh, white dudes come up to him and say, Hey man, aren't you that faggot nigger from Empire? The fuck? Does that sound like how white people talk? I know white people. They don't talk like that. Are you that faggot nigga from Empire? They would never say that. It sounds like something that I would say. <laughs> if you're racist and homophobic, you're not even gonna know who this nigga is. You can't watch Empire. Black people never feel sorry for the police, but this time we even felt sorry for the police. Can you imagine if you was a police veteran taking this kid's police report? Okay, Mr. Smoulier, please tell me what happened. All right, 2 a.m. You left the house at 2 a.m. It's minus 16 degrees. Right. You were walking, you were walking. And, and where were you going? Subway. Sandwiches? That's when the men approach you? Did you see them? Do you have any? Okay, what, what do they have on? MAGA hats! MAGA hats on in Chicago? Excuse me one second, Mr. Smoulier. Frank, come here for a second. Find out where Kanye West was last night. So, I mean, it was such bullshit that everybody called it. Right? It's like, it was so stupid. It's like, yeah, so they came in MAGA hats and then they put a noose around my neck and threw bleach. And it's like, your pansy ass gets pedicures and manicures. You probably have some, you know, boy toy or gal 
gal Friday, right? Right by your hand. You probably have people that bring you things, but no, instead he had two Nigerian dancers that were on the show that he paid with a check by the way. Oh, and let's not forget that a week before that, um, after he had this um, event called Rise Up with Kamala Harris, right? So we are Rise Up, this charity event with children and shit. And he's like, Rise Up. You know, that week after he met with Kamala, suddenly he got like this serial killer type letter, like you're gay and black and we hate you. <laughs> it's probably is too. So wait, so I, I went through this whole thing because I was like, it was so staged. And like I said, you're watching a damn show. So uh, he's going at 2 a.m. to get sandwiches at Subway. Like, you know, it's kind of like going to eat Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, the Subway that's open at 2 a.m. will give you the same results as eating at Taco Bell. So um, I'm like crying thinking about it, that he said it with a straight face. I mean, he's got to be a great actor. And um, so <laughs> it's really cold and, you know, <laughs> MAGA hats, they just come out and they tell him these things. And it's like, <laughs> like he said, if you're racist, you're definitely not watching Empire. And if you're homophobic, you're definitely not not watching it. So it's like so, so weird. Um, and, you know, he obviously was probably going to get the tuna salad, which we discovered from California that someone sued Subway because they actually tested the tuna salad and it wasn't tuna. So so he went there probably for the not tuna tuna salad. <laughs> but we don't say that out loud, of course. And, um, you know, these people stopped him and they put a noose around his neck and threw bleach on him. And he was mortified. And he went to the to the hospital and he called Don Lamont and wait, let's get that up. Hold on. We have to watch Don Lamont, right? Don Lamont, juicy Smollett. On. <laughs> this is so good. Um, oh, I want Don Lamont. Was this it? Was this it? Let me just see. Hold on. Let me just see. Don't tell me that CNN removed it. I know I played it. I've immortalized that shit on my podcast. Let's see. It was two years ago. We got this. Oh, Don Lamont. Wait, Don Lamont was actually upset that Dave Chappelle called him out. That's so weird. Are they all throwing Juicy under the bus? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still laughing. It's just that I'm seeing some things from CNN. Police footage shows Juicy Smollett with a noose around his neck. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to find the right video because it's really good. Um, because he was, he was really upset and he was devastated. That guy's my friend. You mean you tap that ass, right? Let's just be straight. Um, oh, they changed the channel. Jesse Smiley's message to the LGBTQ community after alleged attack. Damn. It used to be just attack. They changed it. Let's, um, let's look at this one. Let's look, some, let's look at some entertainment tonight. I think it's important that we watch this. We have to revisit this because they were picking the jury. And, and, and one has to wonder, what are they picking the jury for? What are they going to talk about? Off. If the attackers are never, how will you be able to heal? Um, I don't know. Let's just hope that they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's not go, go big. 
<laughs> See when people get caught up in their own schemes. Jesse, Jesse Smollett, Smollett break his silence in his first TV interview detailing his attack in Chicago that has been called a hate crime. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I can only go off of their words. I mean, who says empire, this MAGA country, <laughs> ties a noose around your neck and pours bleach on you? And this is just a friendly fight? As E.T. previously reported, Jesse told the Chicago PD he was on the phone with his manager, Brandon Z. Moore, during the attack on January 29th. His manager recalls clearly hearing both racial and homophobic slurs. I see the, uh, Wait a minute, you mean that, this, that the CAA agent he had lied? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> no shit. So this is, you know what, let's just watch this. It's in Chicago, MAGA country. I just have to say that. Like, that's Obama land, right? That's a city that if you want to go through it, you got to pay $120 in toll. They're so broke, you get an IOU. That sounds like MAGA country. Get out of here. Get out of here. Attacker. Uh, and he said, this MAGA country punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. Then I looked down and I see that there's a rope around my neck, which I hadn't. You hadn't noticed it before? No, you didn't because see? it was so fast. Authorities located surveillance cameras showing two persons of interest in their investigation. While Jesse says he did not get a good look at his attackers, he's confident he can identify them. Have you seen that image mm -hmm. and do you believe that they could possibly be the attackers? I do. What is it about their their size or what? why do you feel that they could possibly be? Okay, I'm just going to give you the cheat sheet here. Of course you can identify it. They were dancers in the series. So he was being truthful here. He could definitely identify them because they were dancing with him on the show, right? So let's give him some credit that he said a little bit of truth right here. Because I was there. For me, when that was released, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. I don't have any doubt in my mind that that's them. The Empire star also addressed his frustration with inaccuracies about the incident. I've heard that it was a date gone bad, which I so resent. Oh, you mean they started their own troll farms to plant stories, to bring out inconsistencies, and then he was offended. How could you say it was a date gone bad, you know? I paid those actors. They did a good job. Stop it. You're ruining Auntie Kamala's plan to be able to pass this anti-lynching bill. This is why I needed a noose around my neck with people with MAGA hats that scream MAGA country at 2 a.m. in the morning in negative 16 degrees in the middle of freaking Chicago, which is totally MAGA country. So those are planted stories. See, lies. That narrative. I'm not going to go out and get a tuna sandwich and a salad to meet somebody. That's what. Wait, stop. Did he just say he went to go get the fake tuna? 
<laughs> he just said he went to get the tuna that's not really tuna. Stop it. Stop it. Smells fishy to me. <laughs> this is just way too easy. I'm sorry. This is just way too easy. I'm having way too much money with this. Uh, you know, I don't know. Did I say that two years ago? I don't know. I'm going to revisit my show and listen to it in bed. Like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> I'm dead <laughs> juicy and look at her face she totally knows it's bogus they all have the same agent right so it's just like I'm not gonna go get a tuna sandwich on a day so fishy so fishy which isn't really fish right ridiculous and it's offensive and cleared up why he did not initially turn over his phone to police they wanted me to give my phone to the tech for three to four hours. I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna do that. Why? Because I have private pictures and videos and numbers, my partner's number, my family's number, my castmate's number. My let me complete a sentence. Tina Chen's number, you know, the chick that used to work for Michelle Obama, right? And I was talking to the Obamas and I was talking to Kamala Harris and I was talking to Michael Avenatti. I mean, I'm not going to just hand that over when we all planned this with my agent who lied and said, I mean, is his agent on trial now? I just want to know. I'm pretty sure we need that agent because that's a little bit of information that his agent heard racial slurs in the background. You know, I mean, oh, his agent probably did hear it because it was staged. Fuck no. They probably all high-fived each other under the bridge. And <laughs> this is just way too funny. My friends' numbers, my private emails, my private songs, my private voice memos. One thing Jesse wants more than anything, real justice after his attack. I want that video found so badly because for probably four reasons. Number one, I want them to find the people that did it. Number two, I want them to stop being able to say alleged attack. Number three, I want them to see that I fought back. And I want a little gay boy who might watch this to see that I fought back. Freaking racist America, these stupid racist Nigerians that I paid to pretend to attack me. I want that little gay boy to know you can act just like me. So. Like I said, today, aside from, <laughs> you know, uh, the uh, trial for Ghislaine Maxwell, um, the jury was being picked for this trial. And you're like, wait a minute, there is a trial? Yeah. But before we do that, we need to see Don Lamont get upset that Dave Chappelle mocked him. Because there's a video, and I'm going to freaking find it and share it in Telegram. There's a video, and if you go back to the time when this happened, right, <laughs> in 2019, you're going to hear Don Lamont shock. I was devastated. He's such a dear friend, such a good boy, and he was in the hospital. And I was like, are you okay? I was the first person he called. So nice. Always, and went on Twitter, and I saw. And thanks for the text. Texted you soon after, but the reason I texted you is because Dave Chappelle released a brand new unannounced special on Netflix at midnight called 846. Obviously, that is the length of time yeah. that George Floyd had a knee on his neck uh, <clears throat> and died in the process. Um, Dave Chappelle put out this special. In it, though, he addresses you directly. I mean, really directly. You, on TV a couple weeks ago, called on Hollywood, specifically black Hollywood, to come out, take a stand publicly, and I want to play for you now 
what Dave Chappelle had to say about that. And I'm watching uh, Don Lemon, that hotbed of reality. He says, where are all these celebrities? Why aren't you talking? Does it matter about celebrity? No. This is the streets talking for themselves. They don't need me right now. I kept my mouth shut. And I'll still keep my mouth shut. But don't think that my silence is complicit. I gotta say, first of all, I, I was only able to listen to a little bit more of it. It's fascinating uh, and really deep. And there is irony, Don, in the fact that he's attacking you for calling on celebrities to speak out. And he's doing just that in this special. But, but what, what does it feel, feel like to have Dave Chappelle Why would anyone listen to this clown, right? Listen to this clown who's married to a white dude, right? He's married to a white dude, so he can't be racist against white people. But he hates white people. But, you know, he's married to a white dude. Whatever. Just stop. It's kind of like when Milo used to be gay and he was married to a black guy, but he was racist and, you know, homophobic. So, uh, you know, this guy calls out to everyone. Now all follow my lead. We must get really upset about George Floyd. Now, Dave Chappelle, open your mouth. You need to say something because you trashed my Jesse Smollett operation. You called him juicy. Yeah, because he tapped that out. Super juicy, right? Right, Don? Right, Don? So it's like, you know, all of them are trying to catcall the rest of them. You need to do this. And he wanted to humble Dave Chappelle. He was like, yeah, do what I say. Cause you destroyed this. You made fun of me. You made fun of juicy. And now you're going to bend the knee and go all out for George Floyd. Cause I said, so I am in control. Look at me with my nice veneers. So listen to what he says. It's so interesting. Talking about, about you like that. Well, Dave Chappelle is my favorite comedian, and I do care what Dave Chappelle says. And I actually, well, first of all, I think my now my nieces and nephews will actually give me, you know, some props because they'll think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cool now that Dave Chappelle has 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 mentioned my name, and I'm actually honored to be memorialized in a Dave Chappelle special. That's an entire special, so I'm excited about that. But I do, I have what I will say is that I actually agree with Dave Chappelle. I agree that I think the establishment um, has been a bit behind, and, and some of what we create, created, and I consider myself a part of the establishment because I'm over 40 years old, um, I think that the, the young people who are out there in the streets don't really care what we have to say. They think that part of the world that we created, maybe, and what we did, maybe we didn't move fast enough, or we weren't strong enough, and so they're out there fighting, they said, listen, we are tired of what's happening. We've tried to do it nicely. We've tried to do it peacefully. We've tried to do all of these things and you have rejected it. And so I think that not, they're not only speaking to the white people in this country, but also to, to all of us, all of us in the establishment. And so I agree with him in that way. Um, but I do think that this is a moment, not a moment for modesty. Um, I think it's a moment that we should all be using our platform to do whatever we can. And at least to show those young people and those people out there that we support them. And it doesn't mean taking all of the, you know, all the credit for it or um, speaking out for, for them. I think that they can do that on their own. I think that's exactly right. But I think that they need to know that people like Dave Chappelle, like me, or whoever supports them. And that's all they need to know. But the irony is, is that his special is called 846. He's talking about this issue. Stop. I have the best listener base, okay? We have Don Lamont revealing the phone call. We have to play this. I'm sorry. I know it's not about Don Lamont, but we really need to 
enjoy this show because it's really good. It's going to get so good. You know, I mean, in the Maxwell case, you guys saw Ali Akbar. So sad that that guy died in secret, battling cancer in silence. Oh, I so admire. Of course you did. <laughs> Birds of a feather flock together. And, you know, he just happened, the guy, the creative guy for Louis Vuitton, that was 41, died of cancer in private, right? Was also on the list of defendants with Ghislaine Maxwell. But, you know, <laughs> details, 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 details. So let's get to Don Lamont. Let's get to his devastation so you can see these freaking actors. He knows. Oh, we all know. So let's watch this. When you first heard... There's no sound. Gosh darn it. When, when you, you first heard about the incident with Jesse, what was your initial reaction? My initial reaction was sadness. Yeah. I wasn't shocked. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that it happened to him. Losers. Because we had mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Jesse for a minute, and then he said, I got to go to the doctors here. And it just made me sad. And everyone talks about, well, this happened, well, that happened. That's my concern is for him. Right. <laughs> Who else is laughing? Like, seriously, this is going to be so much fun. So he was so sad. My initial reaction was, I talked to Juicy for a minute, and he said, I got to go. The doctor's here. And it just made me sad. Everyone talks about, well, this happened and that happened. My concern is for him. Lamont, like Smoulier, is openly gay, also recently spoke out about Kevin Hart's Oscar debacle following the comedian's controversial comments about the LGBTQ community over the years. Yeah, Kevin Hart, how dare you not fall in line? <laughs> did they catch him voting for Trump? They probably did. They totally probably did. They probably did. <laughs> they stood over his head and they <laughs> used the pen. <laughs> you know what? I'd love to see Kevin Hart bust out with a T-shirt that says Trump won. I'd so love it. So <laughs> it is coming to a close for all of them. Let's see the local news in Chicago today and what they had to tell us about the jury selection beginning. Um, man, I think like, you know, they could use a little bit of lighting for this lady. Like, you know, you're not budget gray media, step it up. I know Chicago's like, you know, they don't care. You could just put shit out there and they'll eat it because it's Chicago, but come on. Three years after he was accused of staging a hate crime against himself. Joni is live right now with the courthouse and she has the very latest. Any sign of the actor? Hi, Anita. Uh, no sign just yet. We are awaiting the arrival of Jesse Smollett. Uh, he's expected to be here at this hour, along with his attorneys and members of his family. There's a group that's gathered at the bottom of the stairs. It appears to be the attorneys right now. Um, there were years of hearings that he attended here in Chicago, but now here we are with jury selection about to begin in the trial of Jesse Smollett. Smollett lived in downtown Chicago while he was working on the Fox show Empire. Um, he claimed that he was attacked by two men outside his Streeterville apartment on a cold night in January 20- 
Okay, I had to stop that for a second. We're just going to rewind just a little bit. You know, I'm looking at this and it's like this really hot chick that he's holding hands with. Did, did I miss something? I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, maybe he's bisexual, right? I'm just saying. I, I'm just pointing it out because that was super weird. That just caught me by surprise. This, you know, I don't know. Like, what is that? Okay, that's his sister holding hands like that. Okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go. Attacked by, by two men, men outside. outside his Streeterville apartment cold night in January 2019. It was investigated. Police determined that he staged the attack to further his acting career and hired two men, the Osendero brothers, to carry it all out. There was video of the scene, but not the alleged attack. Smollett told police he was beaten, a rope was put around his neck, and the attackers used hate language. He was accused of filing a false report, and state's attorney Kim Fox dropped the charges. Then a special prosecutor came in, and now all this goes to trial. Uh, live outside the criminal courts building, we see that a dark-colored vehicle has showed up, and we're waiting to see who gets out of it. I believe that I see his attorney, uh, Tina Glandian, from California. As I said, there's another group uh, just past all those photographers who are trained on the street. That's California Avenue out there. And... Um, a group of other people who were standing at the bottom, probably awaiting Jesse Smollett as well. Um, as I said, he is expected to arrive with his family. He has a number of siblings who have been supportive to him. Um, but right now, that group is just standing at the bottom of the stairs, and we're waiting for them to come inside. Back to you. Joni, I'm just looking at your live picture right here, right now. It looks like you've got uh, a lot of cameras out there. Is this typically what you see for the Jesse Smollett case? Um, there are a number of cameras here, local and from the networks as well. Um, it is about the number that we would expect. The odd thing about these proceedings today, we had just learned that due to COVID precautions, that uh, reporters would not be allowed in the courtroom for jury selection because there just isn't enough room. Okay, I just want to pause it. You know, if I lived in Chicago, I'd be out there with the sign saying Kamala Harris and uh, hired uh, Jesse Smollett to put a noose around his neck to push her lynching bill. I would just say it. And, you know, I'd have freaking all the signs out there being like Tina Chen worked for Obama and she coached him. The texts are there. You know, uh, Michael Avenatti <laughs> was there. And remember at the time when Juicy was in trouble, you know, Michael Avenatti was like being pumped up for president. <laughs> <My CNN. laughs> so I'm just saying, you know what? You know, a lot of people watch Saturday Night Live. All you have to do is watch these idiots when they get caught. And this is what, you know, you would see. Clown show. Like, you can't even believe this is happening. Like, he lied. The charges were dismissed. Kim Fox is still in, still has a job. Still has a job. Still has a job. Okay. Still has a job. And then there's text messages with Michelle Obama's people and telling him how the Obamas support him, right? Kamala Harris and Spartacus from New Jersey decide that they're running a lynching bill just around the time he gets his own letter that he wrote himself with crayons, calling him a black homo, right? That's basically what he did. He did that. He sent it to himself, and then he hired two Nigerians and pretended that they were white people screaming MAGA country and wearing MAGA hats and throwing bleach on him and putting a noose around his neck, which is lynching. 
Oh, so, and then Kamala and them used that and said, oh, we must pass this lynching bill. This is, you know, I'd be all over that. Kamala Harris hired Jesse Smollett to push her lynching bill. Prove me, I'd have that table. Prove me wrong. Please put your name here. Show me your evidence. <laughs> Let me show you video evidence. Let me show you when they talked about it. Let me show you what they said. She also said ICE is the KKK. Let me, let's look at this. Oh, and by the way, Tina Chen, in her text, talk about how Michelle and Barack were like so supporting him. And then the text with Michael Avenatti, <laughs> lawyer, right? The lawyer from California that everyone's looking for is Avenatti. Let's go. Before uh, the reporters and the members of the jury, I think we can see uh, Justice Millette in the group right now. Yeah, you can see him here on television. I don't know where your vantage point is. I know you're doing this report here, uh, but clearly he is walking in this morning, and uh, that would be him right behind. I'm thinking that is him to the far left. He's got the blue, a blue tie there and a face mask. Hard to tell with the with the masks on, but uh, Joni, I'm used to seeing the cameras kind of crush. Uh, him when he comes. Wait, is that his like lawyer? Are they like holding her? Is she like some relic or something? And she's floating because she, okay, maybe she can't walk. I mean, that's all they got, and they're all dripping in fur and Chanel. So cool. Comes in, didn't see that happening this time. Well, there are plenty of people here uh, who are trying to see if he has any comment to make before he goes in. He has been silent. Um, but his attorneys are with him, and, and you were right. He's the one in the blue who's entering the doors right now. Uh, the sheriff's police are in the inside trying to clear the group uh, so that they can get inside for the court proceedings, which were supposed to begin at 9 o'clock this morning, jury selection process. Uh, but now we have uh, Justice Smollett and his attorneys just arriving right now, and uh, they'll be going up to see the courtroom of James Lynn. I was talking about the... Um, the uh, rules of the court. There will be no reporters inside for jury selection, though they can check in on the process. And as a jury members are selected and room is made, then the reporters will be allowed to go in. No cameras in the courtroom and no uh, live streaming and no audio feed of this. So reporters who are there in person are going to be the ones who are telling this story. Dane Placco is reporting that part for us. Okay. Who wants to get Tory says credentials so you can get the reporting? Why? Wait a minute. We got to see the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, right? And we got to see all of that, but we don't get to see this. Dude, I will get you a Tory says.com email. If you want to go sit in that courtroom and watch that shit and take all the notes you want, I will send you a voice recorder I want someone in there to get that. We can't trust. We, you know, when they drop that Obama name, we want to be there. <laughs> we want to be there because apparently um, only the reporters that get in there, I'll give it to you. Uh, you know, you're hired. Uh, <laughs> just go and do it. If you're retired and you have nothing, nothing else to do that day, um, you know, I'm going to pop into my Illinois room. I'll, uh, whoever wants it, I'll uh, make you a credential. I'll send it to you. I'll give you a Tory says.com email. And there you go. I, you know, we got to have our own people in there. You know, we don't trust the media. You trust any media. Fuck that. But we can trust our own people. Right. And that's it. Just go, go in there and be like, yep, I'm media. I'm here for the trial. <laughs> Let's go juicy. Um, but no laughing. You're not allowed to laugh. And uh, you pay attention and you see all the good stuff because that's, we are the news now. See, 
we've forced them to go into court. We've made everyone see that Trump won. Everyone knows that it's Biden's fault. I mean, they can't even hold him anymore. So now even even Fox is reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop ages later. People are talking about the Louisiana shit ages later. You know, and then the Louisiana mayor is being nominated, like I told you, by Biden. No shit. (laughs) The Louisiana mayor was the one that helped him sell that shit to China, 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 China. Uh, and, you know, his agent, Juicy's agent, <laughs> CAA, China. So anyway, let's see what else this bad reporter who's getting the worst video ever. I guess she's local. So, you know, there's a leash on that. Uh, what she has to say. Back to you. Well, and, you know, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in right now, we are looking at a live picture of uh, the inside of the criminal courts building at 26th in California, the inside look. And we're waiting for Jesse Smollett, uh, the actor who is going on trial. To, well, the trial begins today with the jury selection. We're waiting for him to come through the metal detectors. Joni, I want to just keep you here really quickly. Um, do we have any clue at this point? And maybe this is what you're going to be able to ask his attorney at some point point today. Uh, Is there any indication that he might take the stand in his own defense? Um, You know, his attorneys haven't said anything publicly for a while, so it's not known, although they have said that he wants uh, his story known. He and he has said in interviews prior to the trial that he still believes that he's a victim, that he's sticking to that story, that there are no changes to it. Uh, But now he's here to defend himself against these charges, lower level felony charges for which he could receive probation or jail time. But he doesn't have a a criminal record. And so we don't know how that's going to go. So right. I'm I'm, I'm so confused. He's there to defend himself and tell his story. The Nigerians went to Nigeria. They cashed his check, sang like birds because they were immigrants and they wanted to stay in America. And <laughs> and they found the texts with Tina Chen and Kamala and Alvinati and the Obamas and what? And he wants to tell us, or like, what story does he want to tell us? That sounds like a cover up to me. Unless he tells them that he was forced to by his agent to do it for political reasons. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Oh, he has to explain how he drew that crayon picture and sent it to himself, which is even weirder, even weirder, even weirder. I mean, it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. But, you know, the more you look at this, the more you wonder, well, Here's what Fox had to say. You know, we got to look at, you know, alt CNN right here. Take a listen. What brings us to today, Jonna Spielborg, criminal defense defense attorney. Jonna, good morning to you. Let let me play this clip here. Um, He appeared on Good Morning America in February of 2019, and this was part of that with Robin Roberts. I'm an advocate. I respect too much the people who I am now one of those people who have been attacked in any way. You do such a disservice when you lie about things like Mm -hmm. this. As a defense attorney, how would you defend him? (laughs) You know, this is a really Really tough case to defend. And I was thinking about this because a lot of people in my world are asking, why is he even going to trial? And I will tell you why. There are two types of people who go to trial. 
The first camp are people who have an abiding belief in their innocence. They want vindication. And the only way to do it is to go to trial and get a not guilty verdict. The other camp is exactly the opposite. Those people really don't have a legal leg to stand on. The prosecutor isn't making any offers. And if they go to trial, they have nothing to lose. But maybe they can get one juror out of 12 to feel a little sorry and perhaps come back with a mistrial or something better than that. Jesse Smollett falls into that second camp. Uh-huh. So that would explain why he doesn't cut a deal with prosecutors. That, that would seem kind of logical. When you consider it's 20 below, it's late January, it, it's 2 a.m. on the streets of Chicago, and apparently he was on his subway, uh, on his way to, uh, to get a sandwich at Subway. Yeah, I don't think prosecutors now are even offering him a deal. I mean, look what he did. This takes hoax to a whole other level because he based his hoax on a country that was divided. He based it on race. He based it on homophobia. This isn't a case where uh, you have a runaway bride or a balloon boy or somebody who committed those those kinds of hoax for their own personal gain. He was using the country to get what? what? Uh, uh, and don't remember, we had you, USCIS involved, Homeland Security, the FBI. That cost a lot of taxpayer dollars, dude. Lots of, well, there was a manhunt. Trump was like, if there's racists, I want them. Let's make sure we make a thorough job out of this because I hear some Tory says chick said, I call bullshit. Kamala's sing the lynching bill. Uh, a step up in his career. Then he goes on national television and doubles down and lies about his lie. If I were prosecuting him, I would play that video when it comes time for sentencing because there seems to be a whole lot of evidence against Jesse Smollett, a paper trail, a money trail, the two brothers who are going to testify against him. The weirdness of when he was contacted by police and was walking around his apartment with the alleged noose around his neck. I mean, that was clue number one. So I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for Jesse Smollett, and he better hope that whoever he picks in his jury does. Okay, so you made the point that you hope to get one sympathetic juror. If that's the case, does he testify in his own defense, or does he stay quiet? That's a great question. I almost think he might have to testify. I mean, what is his defense? His defense is, I didn't do nothing. His defense is that the brothers who are going to testify against him are lying. I mean, if that's the case, he's going to have to wait and see if the state has proven its case before he makes that decision, unless he's going to take the stand and say, hey, feel sorry for me. I really didn't have anything to do with it. They forced me into it. It wasn't me. It was them. That's still up in the air, Bill, but it's a great question. Just remember the context for how all this was going down, right? Um, uh, Kamala Harris tweeted the following in January of that year. Jesse Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or color of their skin. We must confront this hate. I think that was just a few hours after the accusation went public. Of course, because nobody in this country anymore bothers to get any sort of evidence before of the politicians, I, I should say, before they open their mouth. They, they, they did it with Rittenhouse. They did it with Justice Smollett. They do it all the time. So that's nothing new. But we really need to have the pendulum start swinging back to center in all of these high profile criminal cases. It'll do us all a lot of good. OK, we're watching it, Jonathan. Thank you so much, Jonathan Spielberg. You got that case in Chicago. You got the Maxwell case here in New York. <laughs> I, you know, it would be the worst if I was there.
I'd be like, Kamala was passing a lynching bill. That's why he wore a, a noose. I totally taint the jury screaming that shit out. And then they'd arrest me for contempt of court. And I'd be like, I have Tourette's. And my Tourette's isn't cuts words. It's truth. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> I digress. My gosh. My gosh. My gosh. Like, this is going to be fun. So, <laughs> so, now let's move to the other exciting case. But before we do. I want you to see how Jesse Smollett lies about being a victim. See, there are victims that then either are actual victims or love to play victim. And they need to be heard. Just like he said, I need to be heard. People need to hear my story because I'm a liar and I need pity. You see, you will get caught up in your scheme when you do them. That's what happens. That's what happens when you sit there and you lie, you get caught and you can sit there and lie. And then you start to, you know, one thing I wanted to say, um, having been married to someone that was evil, I, uh, always see people so beautiful and, I, the last time I saw my ex was the day before I called the police and he didn't look any different. And then three weeks later, I see a mugshot and he looked evil because I didn't see it. Or maybe I knew and I could see it. And one thing that I saw and I see in a lot of people that show their true colors at that point, when you're busted, your true colors come out, right? You don't hide it anymore. You don't need to have that mask. You morph and you embrace it. When evil and darkness consumes you, you look consumed and you can see it too. Jossie Smollett now looks completely different to the Jesse Smollett two years ago. The mouth becomes smaller. It looks, the face looks even a little bit darker, right? It just looks evil. Like, you know, they'll always talk with their nose pointed down, you know, like they're looking down, you know, from their eyes up. Uh, you can see the evil, and it, because it consumes you, you become dark. So anything you say out of your mouth is pure darkness, pure hate. It's vitriol. So when you see people that you thought went one way, kind of like the way I was shocked with my ex. And, you know, I've seen it with celebrities and Avenatti. He looked completely different after he was busted. Just looking at him, every single person you've seen that then gets busted and they own being busted. They're like, they'll go all in just like Jesse say, I want to tell my story. And it's like, dude, he looked evil. You can see it. You can see just how evil they are just from their face. Compare. I, you have eyes to see that. You can simply compare. 
you can you can see when someone's tired as a woman when someone tells me you look tired i'm like damn you're telling me i look old don't say that so look at jussie juicy smollet's photos before and after he was busted that's where you can see the self-centeredness the adamancy of continuing his fucking lies it all comes out and don't take my word for it go look at pictures of you know actors and people you know that you knew like this and then after they were busted after they told you who they are right when you saw them for what they are hope the face changes it looks completely different just just pay attention to that so on that note i'll see you guys in just a bit let's take a quick break Paranoia is in bloom. The PR transmissions will resume. They'll try to push drugs to keep us all dumbed down and hope that we will never see the truth around. Another promise, another seed, another package lie to keep us trapped in greed. You see that? Green belts wrapped around our minds, endless red tape to keep the truth confined. All right, welcome back, everyone. So we're going to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell. But before we do, we need to understand how difficult sometimes things are, both good and bad. See, you guys have heard how um, people in the past have tried to get mobsters, but they couldn't, so they'd get them on tax evasion, right? And obviously, the rare time that mobsters were able to be taken out was a successful RICO case by America's mayor and one of the best people we know, Rudy Giuliani. He's the RICO expert. Well, um, you have to understand that when people are trying to figure out who's the thorn in their side. And this could be good cops and bad cops, like, I don't know, the deep state. When they want to find out who's the one that has the finger on their pulse. Like, do you guys remember Deep Throat? Right? You remember Deep Throat. Who's Deep Throat? Right? Everybody needed to know who Deep Throat is. And then they get all these clues, right? And they all know who Deep Throat is. They're just like, yo, it's Joe. It's like totally Joe. So they're like, well, we know for a fact that Joe is going to tap Anne. So Anne will circle with Joe. And Anne, you want, you know, a house and a picket fence and revenge on your ex-boss? You need to find Deep Throat and you need to have evidence because we need to nail Deep Throat. So Anne goes and, and, and has, you know hangs around Deep Throat and, you know, and, and, and actually interacts with Deep Throat. But Deep Throat already knows because, you know, Deep Throat is Deep Throat. Deep Throat knows everything, right? It's totally. And knows that Anne is consumed with 
you know, she's upset that, you know, her ex-boss maybe banged her or whatever. And he did her dirty and then left her out in the cold. And so the deal was you need to nail Deep Throat because nobody can nail Deep Throat. We don't know how Deep Throat is doing this. You need to find out. So Anne's all over Deep Throat, right, uh, all the time. And, you know, Deep Throat's interacting. Joe's like, yo, Anne. Anne's like, yo, Joe. And, and Joe's being nice to Anne. Let me help you. Let me show you how you can, you know, fold your sheets. Let me show you how to cook. Maybe you want to do this. Um, let, let's go out to dinner. Let's have some drinks. Let's hang out. Let's be friends. You know, maybe Anne's not so bad. Maybe Anne can be a good person. Maybe Anne can, can leave her rage about being the maiden out in distress. And we'll see that, that, that Deep Throat's not so bad. Deep Throat's just trying to help, you know, and, 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 you know, they, they, Anne will be like, no. But unfortunately, Anne was watered with poison. And when you water a plant with poison, it will embrace it and grow accordingly. So Anne, under pressure, we need deep throw. We need deep throw. Like all this stuff is happening. We need deep throw. Loses. She, she just can't figure it out. I know. Uh, but I know. I can tell you. Deep throat. Joe said once in his sleep that he's deep throat. Yeah, but did you did you see deep throat pick up the phone and make the phone call? No. Did you see deep throat, you know, send that letter or, you know, type that thing? No. Well, you don't have evidence. But I know. And I, and I don't, you know, it is. I know. But where's the evidence? Sorry. You lose. You can't bring deep throat. And that's the only thing that we have on Joe. You're gone. Rah! Anne goes into a rage and consumes herself in fire. See, that's, that's how it is. That's how it is. Rage. And this is what people are feeling. Rage. In many aspects, but controlled rage. You know, because I, I see a lot of people that that um, say, this is terrible. Just take it away. Destroy them all. Do it like this. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait, how could you say that? You're upset, but you're not seeing the bigger picture. You think that somebody else's fault, right? That this happened because somebody else was asleep, right? That this was happening and, you know, no. Do you love your country, guys? Right? Do you love your country? Many people will sit there and, you know, make claims. Many actors will act. I mean, you know, the Alex Jones defense was that he's an actor and he's playing a character. The same one Rachel Maddow did to avoid getting sued, right? I Dead serious. Anyway, a lot of people jump on trains so fast because, you know, unfortunately, the idiot box in the internet uh, gets people's, it taps into your shadow. It makes you fucking evil as shit. You'd say shit online. You would not say to anybody's face ever. And you jump on trains. Oh, I hate this person. Next day, you're like, oh, I love this person. Yeah, the next day. Inconsistency. Immature souls that just jump on. But the thing is, all these immature souls are simply human. 
And therefore, all these immature souls make mistakes. And so, do you care for them any less? I mean, you want to not care for them at all. You know, you know your friends and your coworkers say, I told you, cut the cord. But you don't. Well, let's put it this way. Do you guys love your country? Because your country is filled with a lot of dark shit, right? Your country is filled with a lot of dark shit that you funded. You did it. You paid for everything. You let them rob you. You were irresponsible with your freedoms and you have none right now. You're fighting for whatever's on paper. You weren't paying attention. You just obey. You just did your job. That's all the shit you did and you allowed your country to rob its own citizens to perpetuate endless wars, to cause pain and suffering across the globe, to cause destruction, to traffic children, to do experiments on animals and children that are suffering, funding everything. And yet you funded all of that. You let all that shit happen. Tori, that's not fair. We were influenced. Advertising, marketing, influence operation, shadow, uh, shadow net, right? Interactive internet activities, right? So it's okay <laughs> that you were influenced, but it's not okay that others are on a singular level. As a collective whole, it's okay that the nation was fucked and, 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 and put to the side and blindsided, but it's not okay for people to fall into these traps. That's very unforgiving. That's very unforgiving. Because the one thing <laughs> I'm very good at is watching these new rising stars come out of fucking nowhere like farts and just place themselves and suddenly they're in the middle of shit. And you're like, wait, hold on a second. What's going on? <sighs> All these atrocities were committed because of you. So should we just 86 every single citizen since they're responsible for all the human trafficking, the suffering of children, right? The bullshit that we've been fed, the poison that they've been doing to our foods, changing and genetically modifying. Do you think we should just 86 the whole, should we just torch the place down? Should I tell them to leave the winds, let them go? Is that what we should do? Because that'll fix it. Just destroy it all. No. Therefore, when you see things occur in your nation or occur in people, you have to think to yourself. Think of their actions. The person you were yesterday, you're not today. The person you were five years ago, definitely not today. The person that you were 10 years ago, definitely not today. Because every single mistake you've made, every challenge you have gone through, and everything good and bad is your education as a person. It is your badge and your merit to either become better or become worse. Now, those that have consistency in their message, that don't flippy flop, that don't jump on trains, that don't love and then hate and then love and then hate and then love and hate are in the know. Those people are in the know. Those that are consistent, that don't fucking use influence operations and denounce things. Those that are not consistent actually don't know. So I want you guys to simmer on that. If you know you're consistent, you know that you're going to wake up at 7 a.m. every day. You know this. So you're consistent. You're consistent. Your alarm goes up, you fall asleep, and you get up because you know. If you know that all of this is going to be just fine, you go about 
playing your part, which is actually striving to get that to be fine because you want it fine. And that's what's going to, what do I have to do today to make sure that this is fine tomorrow, that it makes it a little bit better tomorrow? I guess I got to do this. Maybe I need to send my AG another fax. Maybe I need to email again. Maybe I need to call that fucker that picks up the phone in my AG's office and say, join the fucking suit, dude. You're not going to be in office ever in anything forever and ever and ever and ever. I will, this will be one of the biggest write-in campaigns on the planet, right? And I've said that too. <laughs> Anyone that runs, oh, you know, like AGs, they only have like the Democrat and then the incumbent Republican. That's where all of us get together and we're like, fuck it, write in. We're going to write in one of our own. Who's a lawyer? There you go. You've got a valid license. Have you been up to speed with your thing? Let's check. All right, everybody, we're writing this person in. Fuck them all. Fuck them all. Oh, and the thing is, They all know that's happening. Oh, indeed. CNN did a whole little thing about it. A writer wrote about it, but I'm going to tell you this. We are going to flip shit on its head like nobody's business. Anybody wants to run for any office that we don't want, that decide, well, you know, that person's not good enough or they don't want to, we're going to write in who we want. And that's the way it goes because we say so. And they can't take that away. I mean, I'd really love to see a ballot skew a write-in, you know, and, and this year, the, the 2022 special elections, what we should have, well, let's just hope that that goes that way because something happened and something shifted and, um, today that was really unexpected. Um, it was kind of left field. I, I think it was more a shift, but anyway, um, what we need to do is have our poll watchers and, 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 you know, we won't be shy. We could give a wink. Like, yep, I'm independent. I, I did a write in and just mark it down. And then at the end, when they do the tally, you'll be like, wait a minute. Nope. All these people that did a write in, I got 10. How did you just get one? I don't see how that happened. Let's talk. See, we have full control. We're just not organized. Because you've been mesmerized to, well, someone else will take care of that. I'm not capable. Oh, boy. You know, in my chat rooms, I find the most capable people on the planet. The most capable. The best artist. I mean, we had uh, EcoTunes on Twitter putting out cartoons, right? Sketches. So nice. So well done. Digital cartooning. Loved it. And I, I, I see EcoTunes on Telegram now. And I'm like, where's your art? Put it out there, immortalize it, digitize it. Let us have it. Huh. Talent. We've got lawyers. We've got doctors. We've got nurses. We've got librarians. We've got homemakers. We've got artists. We got video editors. We got audio editors. We're our own fucking country, dude. We could do whatever we want. And they know that. And this is what their problem is. Listen to them tell you. Big lie. It echoes from the halls of Congress to the campaign trail. You could say Biden won the presidency kind of like O.J. is innocent. <laughs> it is not right that hundreds of thousands of votes are allowed to be considered as lawful votes. We know they're illegal. By removing the fraud, Donald Trump won. We know there was fraud. This election was stolen. Donald Trump is our president. Makes your brain hurt, doesn't it? Uh, whether seeking office or simply approval, Trump loyalists have made a mantra of the election being stolen. But that big lie has a companion. Let's call it the big hoax. It's a separate fantasy that Trump is the victim of a Russian hoax because the infamous Steele dossier has been somewhat discredited. And it's not just pro-Trumpers propping up that illusion. Under the title, it wasn't a 
A hoax in the Atlantic guest writes, quote, instead at almost every turn, Trump was helped by people who had little liking for him as a human being or politician, but assessed that he could be useful for purposes of their own. They're scared shitless. And you know why they're doing this? Because of your stickers. That's it. It's over. It's game fucking over. You keep putting those Trump one stickers. Don't forget Trump one stickers, you know, fix 2020. I did this. You keep Fucking putting stickers everywhere, shopping carts, walls, elevators, everywhere. Subliminally, every single motherfucker will see it. Just like they said. Biden is played in his own state from these stickers he's on gas pumps. We are in control. Do not let anyone tell you different. Do not wait for a leader. You are in control. No one will tell you what to do. Ever. Yes. Yes. Uh, there should have been an exclamation point at the end of that sentence. David Frum is the author of that article. He is a staff writer at The Atlantic, was a speechwriter for former President George W. Bush. David's with us now. Um, I mean, let's, let's start with this. Who are these Trump non-loyalists yeah. uh, who are doing his bidding? Well, President Trump is gone, and a lot of people think that means he's forgotten. And that means uh, there are a number of people in the media world, um, some of them working at prestigious places like The New York Times, some of them working in the, the new media substack and podcasts, who say... I, the, the Trump story, without justifying him, can be used to score points of people I don't like. People like you, television hosts they don't like, media persons they don't like, um, off, off politicians they don't like, like, like Hillary Clinton or Adam Schiff. And they don't like them for other kinds of reasons, not Trumpy reasons, reasons of their own. And so they, uh, they focus very specifically on the defects of the Steele dossier and leave many people in, uh, with the impression that if the Steele dossier turned out to be kind of soggy as as it was it was as as it immediately as we said at the atlantic as it was i never i never wrote about it um if that turns out to be soggy then everything all the other evidence about something untoward in the trump russian relationship that goes away well help us walk through this david i mean what i, I read your piece and i saw yeah. your twitter thread about this help us walk through some of the various items that still hold up to this day as being very big problems for Donald Trump and Russia. Well, let's start with the trigger of the investigation. Um, And this information all comes from the Senate Intelligence Committee, which at the time had a Republican chair, um, Richard Burr of North Carolina, and at the time whose leading spokesman was Marco Rubio. Um, So the the Senate Intelligence Committee confirms what many reporters knew, um, which is the, the investigation, the FBI investigation of Donald Trump began when one of his aides, a man named George Papadopoulos, sought out the Australian High Commissioner to London, a man named Alexander Downer, took him out for drinks, had a few drinks, and then told uh, Commissioner Downer that he knew that the Russians had hacked uh, Hillary Clinton and Democratic emails and would be using these to Trump's advantage. Uh, this was in the early spring of 2015. Um, Don, uh, uh, sorry, 2016, I beg your pardon. Uh, Downer uh, wrote a report to his own Australian government about this important conversation, and the Australian government a member of the Five Eyes group that shares intelligence, forwarded this information to the U.S. government, and that is what began the FBI investigation. But there's more than that. I mean, the one that I come back to um, is, you know, Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting at Trump Tower uh, with a Russian attorney who said she was there. So in respects to that, you guys need to read an article that I did in Big Big League Politics about um, that meeting. In fact, the questions that they had to that woman, Jeff Sessions was part of that questioning system. That's why he had to recuse himself from the Russian investigation, which was perfect. 
oh, I hired him and then he recused himself. That's fine. You have to trust Sessions. Like I tell you, you have to trust the system. You have to trust that everyone will cannibalize themselves. You have to trust that everyone will show you who they are. Every lie will be revealed. The light is coming out. They can't hide. They look like idiots. They're upset that even non-supporters support President Trump's Russian hoax. It is a fucking hoax. We all know it. Hillary Clinton paid for it. Sussman got arrested. It's not a hearsay shit. This shit is done, dusted. You're toast. You guys want fucking prizes for this shit. <laughs> so done. <clears throat> done. And then you guys put up a racist pedo as president who his own son and his own daughter turned him in by dumping their shit. Uh, uh, it all comes down. House of cards always come down. You just need one little win. Just, just a little nudge. You just, all you have to do is nudge one card, like the hunter card. All you have to do is nudge one fucking card, like not allowing them to steal election. All you have to do is nudge one card and it all comes tumbling down like toy soldiers. So while everyone is panicking and giving you theories or whatever, I, you know, obviously there's a lot going on that a lot of people are missing. You know, the shit show that's happening overseas. Erdogan's going to be taken out. We've got movement everywhere. And you know, someone found a show that I did a long time ago. And I said, well, you know, my predictive analytics and my magic ball that I have tells me that everything's going to kick off real hard in Australia. And so be it. But I did tell you that everyone will show you who they are. They will tell you who they are. They will show you your intention, their intentions of what they want from you and how they want it. And everything they built can be destroyed almost instantly. What he giveth, he taketh. Sometimes he give it so you can go way up high and then he fucking knocks you down. Some of it is for a lesson. Some of it is you're way too consumed and this is going to be a big problem for you. So, you know, we've been talking a lot of things here. You know, how far advanced this COVID shit was planned. You know, nobody talks about Timothy Cunningham, you know, a, a, a fantastic juggernaut built Navy guy who obviously knows how to swim, but drowned in a river after he went berserk and said, you know, they're trying to kill people. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Right. It's all buried. And then you had the secretary of health. Deputy secretary was he the secretary. Anyway, he was in charge of the pharmaceuticals, beat himself up. In the morning on his way to work, he decided I'm not going to get in my car. I'm going to beat the shit out of myself and die right here in my driveway. And he died. It literally says that for beating himself to death. Then you have Pence, the little bitch, right? Who, huh, not even going to go there. But what I can say is, what you have seen. I won't tell you about things unseen because that's just me telling you. But what I can say is, why don't you look at that sheriff's meeting? Why don't you look at the note passing he got from the only corrupt sheriff who wasn't even wearing closed toe shoes? That's You can find her in the lineup and you will see she slipped him a note and he stealthily put it in his pocket. I will give you <laughs> examples that you can see with your own eyes. Not what I know. 
from personal knowledge. Uh, obviously, obviously, I do have personal knowledge. Having said that, the personal knowledge I have is going to be so awesome because while everyone is sitting there, okay, they did the audits, they played right into the trap, but they did it. Why not? It's more evidence. People are doing canvassing. Great. People are filing lawsuits. Fantastic. But the way to fix the 2020 elections is to find out who paid for this shit. Who's really in bed with Dominion? Who's really in bed with these things? So today, what an amazing day it was indeed. Congressman Cohen of Tennessee was served. Ali Akbar was served. Wait, you want to hear this? So I know there's a little video being made about this, but here's what happened. Um, the person that was going to serve Ali Akbar is a former uh, police officer. And that person <clears throat> arrived to his home, which I know where he lives. I mean, I did try to send him some coffee as a nice gesture, like, oh, I'm coming. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people in Texas, because we've got a lot of eyes, have been there. And they know, right? And they know, and they know. And so <laughs> I left a little note in the mailbox, Ollie with a heart. Maybe his mom might see it, or his boyfriend, um, this soy boy, who's a liar. Ollie isn't there, but he left the house and got a couple coffees and donuts and came back. I guess, you know, he just had two coffees and all that stuff, but whatever. So the process server was outside waiting to get the summons sent to him. So somebody else was delivering it to him. So that way, if he left, he could follow him so he can serve him. So while the soy person, and you know what? It was, it was definitely the same guy who I took a picture of during the J6 event where I had a seat. Ali Akbar didn't. I was like, dude, you're not welcome here. Like, you don't even have a seat. Like, you're not even part of this event. Like, why are you here? He was so upset. A friend of mine uh, that um, uh, was with me, uh, <laughs> uh, Ali Akbar was so upset. He almost spit. Well he, well, he was spitting while he was talking. He was so upset. And he's actually short, so it was kind of easy. Um, you know, um, with his soy bodyguard boyfriend, like, seriously, um, that was wearing a hat. I think I shared that picture a few times. Um, I was with him. My friend was like, you know, he called him Molly Cockbar, whatever. And um, anyway, uh, when all that chaos happened, you know, he obviously mooched to all the people like, look at me. Hi, Molly Cockbar. I did stop this deal. Roger Stone's going to kick all of your asses if you guys don't praise me, which I'm totally banking on. I hope he reaches out for help to Alex Jones and others because that'll just make subpoenas a lot easier. I mean, we're all getting communications anyway. So, um, you know, just to confirm the ones that I already have. So, um, uh, you know, he got served today, but his soy boy saw that the car was there mm, and tried to find plates, no plates. So Ali Akbar called the police. So three police cars and a fire truck turned up and the guy gave him his LEO credentials and they were like, oh, okay, well, you forgot your plates. And he's like, yeah, I'm serving. So I'm not putting my plates. And they were like, yeah, don't forget to put them on when you're done. So that was a big, yeah, the police aren't helping you, buddy. Uh, so when he got the papers, he um, went to the door. His soy boy was there and he took them and that's it. 
Then Ali Akbar's alleged attorney called my attorney and was asking him like, oh, you know, he didn't get served properly. Dude, you're the lawyer and you just called acknowledging he got served, but you're complaining that he wasn't properly served. Don't worry. It's in the mail certified anyway. So we just got to back up anyway. So let's just, you got served, Ali. So, um, you know, and that's so weird. Like he has his boyfriend in there. Does his boyfriend and him watch Tori says and cry in his mom's bosom together? I don't know. I mean, that's a question for him. So he's now, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's part of this Dominion suit because he was an expert in elections. He told Sidney Powell, um, you know, that I had no knowledge of elections, that my affidavit was complete rubbish. So he needs to answer to that. He can't say, oh, it's because she's bullshit this, bullshit that, because that's already been proven in court. So he can shut up. Um, he needs to talk about the affidavit because I've got him on record saying that my affidavit was bullshit. So now he needs to come out and say, well, why do you know this? Oh, wait, you, you say she's bullshit. Hey, can you tell us who paid you to do that campaign against her uh, because we have some voice and, and, and audio recordings and some emails and some texts. Let's compare notes. <laughs> this is where the shit unfolds. This is where the shit unfolds because you know, what's funny. Dominion is actually connected. I'll go figure government, right? So now subpoenas are going to be domesticated this week in another state to be served to other officials. One of them being John Owen Brennan. So this is how you deal with things. You have to follow a procedure. And boy, am I impatient. If You know, I think the world is kind of lucky that I'm not impatient. I only did a little match, right? I per, Preferably, you know, they say you separate the wheat from the chaff and you take the weed and you loosen the soil. Me, fire helps separate the wheat from the chaff a lot better. Um, but, you know, you got to be patient, of course, of course. So every person out there that was an expert that, you know, hackled the Kraken, <laughs> Look at how many people made money off of the crack. Like, fuck. They're going to be deposed because I'd like to know their expertise. And, you know, again, um, that was really weird. So let me ask a question. Were you able to hear me all this time? Let me look at the chat. No. Yes. No. Okay. Uh, okay, stop. I'm confused. See, this isn't fair. No, no, no. Okay, so what did you hear last? That was so weird. Okay, this is so not fair. I get 4,000 people, 4,500 people. <laughs> okay, just for a couple seconds. Okay. So last week, I shared with you how Ali Kakbar's boyfriend, um, uh, Carl Rove, was busted. Uh, and tied into election fraud in the state of Ohio. What happened was, is that they took the, all the ballot numbers and the data was being pinged out to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then resent back to Ohio for counting. And so, yeah, I see that. What, why don't they want me talking? What is going on here? Okay, hold on, guys. What the hell? Let's do this. All right. Now you can hear me. It's almost as if they don't want me to talk about Ali Kakbar in the elections. Damn. Maybe I should change this to a red balloon. So in back in 2008, <clears throat> when um, Ali Kakbar and Roger Stone and all of them were working on the McCain campaign, there was uh, 
some theft, election meddling. Oh, shit, ton of it. They were testing out new software. Anyway, the Ohio ballots were being counted in the state of Ohio, right? Apparently, right? You drop your ballot and then they get counted and then, you know, the county gets it and they're like, whoa, here's the results. Well, actually what happened was your ballots were counted. They were shifted off to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then they were sent back to Ohio. So they could be like, whoa, these are the results. And it's like, you know, the IT guy for the election said, um, so it looks like our votes were being moved off outside of the state of Ohio. And we've located that it went to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And then they found that DHS, the White House and Congress all had access to that shit. <laughs> so weird. <clears throat> so this investigation started. All of this investigation started in 2008 for election fraud, that the ballots weren't being counted correctly. They were being sent to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and they got caught. They got caught because they had a good IT director in Ohio. And in the middle of that is Ali Akbar, Karl Rove, McCain's people, right? <laughs> so weird. And so... um what Carl Rove did was he threatened the IT director saying, your wife's going to go to jail forever. The RNC was like, you better not contest these elections. Obama's president. I thought he was a Democrat, but everyone's behind him, whatever. Um, so it was so weird because Bush wanted Obama to win because Obama was the only one that overseas was more appeasing to them. And uh, he would perpetuate and continue the wars in a nice manner. I mean, he's black. It would be racist if you said, what the hell, man? You're just making a lot of wars. So it happened in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I just want to, I want you to see his ways. So the Carl Rove made that threat to the IT director about his wife. Um, and as the investigation happened, they started for the depositions. Unfortunately, the IT director died in a plane crash. So weird. And you know, Holly Akbar was part of it. The guy that was part of stealing, <laughs> stealing before with his boyfriend, this is why he had the blackmail tapes because they needed that for 2012 when somebody else was running. And remember at that time, Carl Rove was like White House, you know, he was the one meddling. So anyway, so weird. And um, this is where I want to pull my John Burke and wear the wig and go weird. Um, so, you know, all of this happened in Chattanooga, Tennessee. But what happened was as they were deposing, those servers were destroyed. I mean, they didn't explode them or anything because there weren't that many, right? Because it was state by state, I think. I, I'm, I don't remember. I have to look in my notes, but unfortunately, there's so many eyes on me. I just can't access that information right now. But what happened is they destroyed all those servers like a couple months later after the complaint was made because, you know, and then the IT director died. So everybody just totally forgot about Carl Rove, who's now on Fox telling you guys what an expert he is, <laughs> that loser. And, you know, obviously his little, you know, fairy balls guy, Ali Akbar, who's the proponent and he lives in Jesus with his boyfriend and his mom in the house. And, um, <laughs> blackmails people and says things like I'm genetically superior. So weird thing. <laughs> now hear me out. Um, you know, like I would have never guessed that my attorney representing me in this would be, I don't know, 
from Tennessee. And then we filed in Nashville, right, in the federal court, and Dominion was acting really dumb. And then I was like, oh, I need to add more people. There's just going to, you know, I think it's better if we go to state court. So my attorney makes a suggestion. Let's go to Chattanooga. And I'm like, stop it. This is talking sexy to me. So you're telling me I get to go to ground zero of deploying those type of algorithms and the cheating they did from 2008 to actually try my case? Fuck yeah, let's go. So he filed it there. And um, what's weird is, is that it almost seemed exact because I think Christmas, it was Congressman Cohen, so devastated that AT&T servers were exploded. And, and then we didn't find the guy, but we kind of found the guy. We're not really sure if we found the guy. Was it the guy? I don't know. But, you know, it had all these servers and shit. <laughs> and, you know... One thing people forget to mention is, what contracts does AT&T have? Oh, that's right, uh, with um, Homeland Security. And so, oh, shoot, wait a minute. Didn't Tennessee have a contract with Congress? I'm pretty sure it's on USA spending with AT&T where they house servers for SISA. I, I, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, just, just a suggestion. I mean, you know, those are questions that I can ask John Brennan in the subpoena because <laughs> there's documents. So you guys remember when was the, it was around Christmas time where all this stuff just blew up and you were like, what? And there was a countdown to warn people to leave. So it was like, you need to get out. Sounds like an operation. It's so weird. Let's just destroyed this stuff. And Congressman Cohen was like an expert. There was no fraud, which by the way, when he got served today, he had a Biden-Harris sign in his yard <laughs> and wearing a mask in his house. But you'll see the video. Um, so, you know, it's so crazy. It all comes back to Tennessee. So weird. Fauci did his first, you know, experiments with HIV on single black women that he thought were throwaways that were pregnant, um, you know, for HIV too. Um, it's just, it's, I'm just saying, it's just really weird that the first time we had bona fide evidence that the government was involved in fixing the elections to select their candidates, uh, you know, the guy died and um, it was in Tennessee and then they just moved it from Chattanooga to Nashville. It was like, yeah, let's just put it in the AT&T, remember? And then they had like these loudspeakers, please count down 25, 24, 23. But like, what's going on? Uh, I don't know, but someone's counting down. They're like, please clear the area. I think we need to leave because they're maybe demolishing a building during the holidays. Sounds like something normal. <laughs> let's go. You remember that? So weird. We're going to ask them a lot of questions about that stuff right? All that stuff is going to come out. It's going to be one of the biggest cases. I have no idea how my lawyer is going to do it by himself. I'm really hoping that another lawyer will come in too. Because, you know, Ali Akbar is definitely going to dig a hole. I got a video of him talking about how defunct my affidavit is. And he's an expert, okay? People need to listen to him. And Sidney Powell listened to him too. Um, because she didn't put it in the Georgia elections. We probably could have saved our nation if it was there. Because they would have seen that shit. And they know what I'm talking about there. Because they already had a report under seal that was almost identical, even though we didn't work together. So it was so weird because he fucked the nation while he wanted to stop the steal. But all he wanted to do was trample through the doors and set fires. I mean, his driver was in Georgia where he said, come and stampede in. Remember? So, you know, there's a lot of wins. All these people got subpoenaed and we're going to find out who funded this shit. I mean, I already know. We just need that shit to come out on in court. Because, you know, you're going to be like, Ali Akbar got money. Yeah, but his money came from somewhere else. And that money came from somewhere else. And that money came from somewhere else. And boy, people would, would be very, very upset 
if there may have been in all this mayhem of this election fraud, <laughs> what if you found out? And I'm just going here on a limb. I'm just going on a limb here. What if you found out that all this fraud that happened was executed with your own tax dollars? So not only was your country doing all this shit and raping your money, but you paid for them to steal it from you. Who would you? That would be messed up, right? <laughs> we'll see. I mean, we're going to court. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see. You know, and Ali Kogbar, his lawyer, confirmed that he got the subpoena, but then complained that he wasn't served correctly. So weird. So that's going on. Speaking of Ali Kakbar, so that we can dovetail into uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, I thought I'd show you a little video, a little nice compilation video. Um, oh, no, but first I should show you this. So obviously I did make mention that Ali Kakbar was very devastated that a guy as a defendant with Ghislaine uh, Maxwell and the thing died. He admired him, admired the pedo, of course. He was so fantastic. It's great pedo. I mean... You know, I feel bad for him. He was groomed into that, whatever. But here's the thing. What people forget is Ghislaine Maxwell paid $25,000 to fake news purveyor Jacob Wall to smear Epstein victims and to get, wait, you're not seeing this. This is Daily Mail, by the way. And to get prosecutor Jeffrey Berman fired in an attempt to stall sex trafficking investigation around her. Ghislaine Maxwell hired Jacob Wall. Jacob Wall is Ali Akbar's best friend, by the way, to smear alleged victims of Jeffrey Epstein and her former friend. Uh, a former friend told the Daily Mail in an exclusive interview. As part of the $25,000, that's all, that was super cheap, Wall and his lobbyist colleague, Jack Berkman, you know, the guy that was running around with Matt Couch and they were making all these press conferences? Yeah, that one. Um, also allegedly pushed to get former New York U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman fired. Uh, Wall and Berkman are far-right lobbyists who have become a laughing stock in D.C. after several failed attempts to smear top political figures. Marilyn paralegal Kristen Spillman claims she was initially contacted by the duo to use her in a smear campaign against Nancy Pelosi and Ted Cruz. Spielman, what? Pelosi and Cruz? Oh, so weird. Spielman told DailyMail.com they bragged to her that they had been hired in early June for $25,000 to dig up dirt on Maxwell's alleged sex trafficking victims. Federal documents filed this month show a company linked to Maxwell had hired Wall and Berkman to lobby on issues relating to U.S. DOJ, Senate Judiciary, House Judiciary um, members, right? And they revealed it, that Berman's removal was intended to stall or stop criminal investigation into Maxwell. That's what his, this paralegal said. Berman was ultimately pushed out of, out by bar in June, but two weeks later, Maxwell was charged as part of Epstein's sex trafficking ring. So these, this is the company he keeps, okay, that they got paid. Now let me show you a short video, a uh, video compilation. So that lady, just, just think about this for a second. This is where you see the style. Because this all is going to tie into, what's that guy? A guy a Willett, right? Because <laughs> he hangs out with these people too. Um, and also the Sullivans. <laughs> you know, the ones that tape the death and stuff. I mean, you have to think, like, why are they hanging out together? Like, why would a guy that calls himself Juano Saving be hanging out with Sullivan? 
That's so weird, right? I, 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 please tell me that you think it's weird. I think it's very weird. I think it's extremely bizarre and weird. But, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe, uh, you know, you don't think it's weird. I definitely think it's weird. So let's go to this video. I want you guys to watch this. Let's go. <laughs> And as, as you're seeing, it's um, this is the person that told on Wall's um, Instagram. Now she's obviously working with Jacob Wall. So, so many, many of you have, have asked, asked me how, how you can become, become a bigger, bigger part, part of our, of our mission, mission at Freddie Redditor DC. You've offered your time, you've offered your expertise. Some, some of you even have offered, offered your money. And so, so we wanted, wanted to, to formalize a way, a way for, you for you to become, become an even, even bigger supporter, more so, so than just signing up at FreddieRedditorDC.com to get the episodes early, to get exclusive content, direct cuts, and all the rest. Well, what you can do today is become an executive producer or an associate executive producer. You can do that at PredatorDC.com. For $500, you can become an executive producer on one of our episodes. You get a credit. It's going to be on the episode. You can use it on IMDb or on your LinkedIn or anywhere you like. We will vouch for that credit. You can become an associate executive producer at PredatorDC.com for $300. For one episode, you will be recognized as an associate executive producer. All of your support is so appreciated here at Predator DC. These operations, as you can tell, are immensely complicated. They are very expensive. They take months of work, and then they culminate in one weekend where everybody has got to be the top professionals in their field. Your support is appreciated. You go to PredatorDC.com and you can become, like I said. This is the paralegal that, you know, said, yeah, they got $25,000 and she told on them. So now I'm going to show you. Um, <clears throat> now I'm going to show you the document that they found that. Um, next next week, week on Predator, Predator DC, DC, a predator, a predator comes, comes and then he starts, starts crying. Plus, a Navy officer with a top secret clearance. And you're not going to believe what Yair, who came all the way from Israel, was planning to do with the underage team. Yair, we'd love to talk to you. Tune in to see that and much more next Wednesday by signing up at PredatorDC.com. So let me explain to you their scheme. Their scheme was, yeah, you know, we got money. Uh, I want you to see it's J.M. Berkman and Associates, right? And they got it from Granite Realty, which is owned by Ghislaine Maxwell, right? This company, right? And she paid them, right? That was their client. So Jack Burkham, Jacob Wall. This is, they found the payment that she gave so she can discredit. Now, here's how you get PSYOPed. I'm showing you PSYOP 101. You insert yourself in a conversation. This is the type of shit that Ali Akbar does. And uh, you get payment to, this is from the House of Representatives. This isn't like I'm just making this up. This was found as lobbying registration, okay? So these people, they <clears throat> insert themselves in places so that they can gain credibility, obviously, whatever, right? And this coming here from Boston is 
Ghislaine Maxwell's. You can go look it up, right? And they got paid in order to, at 4.08 p.m. on the 3rd of July, to discredit Epstein's victims. I guess this is the company. So I want you guys to understand how these people operate so you understand how they work. So these people are also linked to 107. And then people from the Department of Energy are also linked to him. But it's also all left figures and all right figures. Why would you have Wexner's toy boy in the same room with you? You're all being fucking psyoped, every single one of you. And we've got the whole thing laid out. And the thing is, I had found that Sullivan was at the Vegas event, you know, at the Trump, you know, (laughs) and then magically, you know, and that was put on the back burner for me, right? I had put it on the back burner because I was still looking into the shit. I never spoke about it, but they were making movies and all these people and then Matrix and all of them. They were like, yeah, totally. No, you know, everybody thought he was JFK Jr. or something, but I then saw you know, I had pictures, I had video undercover, of course, because these were all highly selected people, apparently. I mean, Ann Vandersteel was there. There was a shit ton of people in the room and they were at Vegas in March. And so I had left it on the back burner and I was like, why would Sullivan, <laughs> what, what be in the room? Right. When he was like, yeah, we're making a movie, you know, and all these other people, I have them on camera, right? Be there, you know, some of them knowingly and unknowingly, willingly and unwillingly getting in there because they're going to make this great movie. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've seen this movie before. So you remember plot against the president. Well, they use this amazing woman. Her name is Amanda Millis, but she's being handled by a Mossad agent. (laughs) I already know his name. I have his identity because you know what? The shit that I used to do, I used to see everything, right? I used to see everything. So he handled the crap out of her. Anyway, and and obviously she hears my name and screeches because they insert themselves within the Trump administration so they can deploy the January 6th fucking shit that they did. They already knew. They already knew that they were going to steal the election. The plans, we had the paperwork. We went down to D.C. with the fucking paperwork, right? And so this woman is a great director and everything. But you know what? You know how crazy it is? They had eyes on me by, they knew how kind I was. And I knew that too. And Haley Kennington, she worked on that too. And she was giving everything to Ali Akbar. Everything. She sided with that fucking psychopath. She knew my kids and she sided with that motherfucker. She was okay with what he did to my kid. Fuck Haley. So all of them uh, created this movie, The Plot Against the President. They got into with President Trump, Cash Patel. Like they fucking psyched them out because they got in there so they can plant the person that's going to do the January 6th. Distraction, I would say, but I shouldn't say it. And now all of them were. (laughs) So it's all coming together. I mean, that'll come out later. It's not even something, it's an actionable item and we all want it solved, but it's not the thing that's on fire right now. It's kind of like when you take orders, you know, on the phone, you do for the most important ones. 
If you're making a, you know, a souffle, the person knows they're going to wait 45 minutes. We got to wait for that souffle to go. This is like a souffle. Right now, what we need to do is get the apps out because those apps, if people aren't fed, we're fucked. They're going to be hungry and they're going to walk away. So this is exactly what we're doing. We need to fix the shit that's going to tear us apart first and then we can deal with the rest. Don't worry. There should be enough time if things go the right way. So I'm just saying there's a lot of things out there that have been coming together. Oh, and I should say, it totally came out of the blue. Well, you know, a couple of the people uh, that have been uh, at that event are Tori Says listeners. And they came out and said, you know, something's been bugging me. Something's been bugging me. Something's been bugging me. And I want to say, that's it. It's like, and Bostick was there too. Daniel Bostick, the person that did the plot against the president, was in the same room. And, and it was that guy that I showed you that looked insane with Padres, you know, saying how Ali Akbar was sent by God. You mean Lucifer, but yeah, um, to save the world, right? You remember that guy, that blonde boy? He was the one that I posted a picture of where he was posing really uncomfortable, you know, for because he modeled for Les Wexner, another pedo. So he was kind of owned by that territory, right? And so all of these people um, were in. So they they approached the Trump campaign and inserted themselves by doing this. Look, we're making a movie about you. Watch us. We're all friends. We need you. Wait. Wait till I show you about the cult club. What if I told you that was a Mossad operation and I got the fucking receipts? Oh, man, it's going to be so much fun. And the thing is, they all tried to handle really good people. They attached themselves to people like Laura Loomer to destroy her, <laughs> you know, to destroy her. But I'm going to expose it all in due time. In due time, it's all going to be, you know, actually, my website should be finished this week. So it'll be quite fascinating a few little tidbits that I can put together for you guys. So, you know, again, I just wanted to introduce Ghislaine Maxwell. I kind of went into depth with a lot of other things. I'm so sorry about that. So I really apologize for doing that. Gosh darn it. And it's already been two hours. Maybe I'll go a few minutes over. So uh, let's go to the reporting from Newsmax who fired Emerald Robinson because they're all butthurt leftists and they're all freaking part of the mainstream media. But anyway, let's just watch what they say because a lot of people think that they are the news. By the way, anybody in any state want to go to any trials and stuff, hit me up. I'd more than love to hire you. Well, I, I probably can't pay you, but you know, you get all the credentials and stuff and you know, who knows? Maybe when wearethenews.com is up, you know, we'll get, oh my gosh, are they crashing my computer? I have to wait. I'm so sorry. Uh, I have to wait. It's so dumb. Okay. Um, oh, this is really bad. Are you kidding? Guys, like my whole, both my screens are like fucked right now. We can't talk about Ghislaine Maxwell. Were they upset that I was outing all them? Guys, I have pictures, audio, and it's not even in my possession. So I don't know why you're all up in this. Um, let's wait. I know you guys can hear me because I can see it moving, but my whole screen is grayed out. I'm just going to wait a little bit. I'm just going to give it a second. Um, 
because you know, I don't need scripts like other people. They read scripts to do shows. I don't need one. I am the script. So, um, <laughs> so does Lane Maxwell, um, you know, her brother spoke out because her bail was revoked. Um, the pilot actually testified today. Um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's pilot testified today. <sighs> Let's see how I'm going to do this. Hold on, guys. Bear with me for a sec. Give me a second. I'm going to fix it. All right. I'm back. That was pretty quick. Okay. So red balloon session is over. Let's go to Ghislaine Maxwell. Let's go to her brother first, who is very, very upset that um, she didn't get bail. I mean, why would you give her bail? But okay. I mean, Jake is sitting, you know, because he went into the Capitol you know, as an activist and he's in jail and yet Ghislaine Maxwell should go home and she should have bail. Stop it. She can't do without her caviar. Stop it. Stop. Let's go. National attention and a whole lot of intrigue. Opening statements taking place today in the sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's longtime partner. Sarah Williamson is live in the newsroom with the latest. Sarah. Yes, well, it's day one of that six-week trial of 59-year-old Ghislaine Maxwell, who is an alleged accomplice of the disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein. So they got rid of Emerald Robinson and they brought this bootleg version, for fuck's sake. Now, the trial was delayed by two hours this morning as Judge Nathan sorted out issues involving the jury, but opening arguments were well underway, with federal prosecutor Lara Pomerantz describing Ghislaine Maxwell as a predator who targeted and sexually exploited young girls. She also told the jury Maxwell helped normalise abusive sexual conduct and then served them up to Jeffrey Epstein. Now, Maxwell... Wait a minute. Did they just bring South Africans into our... TV. I'm just saying. Entered the courtroom today without handcuffs, wearing a cream-colored sweater and black pants. There were about two dozen spectators that spectators that lined the courtroom benches during opening statements, but there was no media allowed in the courtroom whatsoever. Maxwell is facing six criminal charges in this trial, centering around four accusers who say she groomed them between the years of 1994 and 2004 when they were underage. Those accusers, now adults, are expected to testify at trial, some who are using pseudonyms or partial names, and who prosecutors have said. And it's also important to mention that Virginia Dufre is not one of these accusers and isn't expected to testify, despite being a key figure in the case against Epstein. Maxwell's lawyers have signalled that they will try to undermine the credibility of the accuser's testimony, and cognitive psychologist and human memory expert Elizabeth Elizabeth. Loftus is said to be heavily and is widely seen as a proxy for the prosecution of Epstein. And from outside the courtroom today, there was news crews from across the globe all covering this trial today. So it really has become the case that has captured everyone's attention and is likely to do so for the next six weeks, Bob. Thanks, Sarah. The Ghislaine Maxwell trial isn't the only thing making headlines. We also have seen uh, this trial, Bob, on Jesse Smollett. Uh, what, oh, do you, yeah. what, what do we know about that today? Uh, yeah, also jury selection. Yeah, so I'm a little bit concerned that South Africa is coming over to America. I'm not trying to say, you know, that foreigners shouldn't be on our TV. It's just it's coming from South Africa and that's the way it was supposed to go. 
So it's really weird. A good thing that they talked about Juicy a little bit, but um, you know, it's it's really disgusting to see Every them dress. say she smiled from behind Sorry. her mask. Sorry, here we go. The trial began today for Ghislaine Maxwell. She's the longtime confidant of convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Prosecutors claiming Maxwell helped Epstein by recruiting and grooming his underage victims. NBC News correspondent for investigations Tom Winter is live at the courthouse in New York. Tom, opening statements this afternoon. What charges does Maxwell face? What did attorneys say to the jury? Right, opening statements and our first witness as well, Kate. So it started out uh, with a little bit of a delay today with uh, the jury getting seated, some logistical issues and the jurors are actually going to be told uh, that with the exception of the day before Christmas Eve and the day before New Year's Eve, they're going to be sitting through this trial for the next six weeks. Six counts that Maxwell faces including sex trafficking conspiracy, the sex trafficking of a minor as well as conspiracy to entice minors. And that was one of the key things that uh, the prosecutor who delivered the opening statement, Assistant United States Attorney Laura Pomerantz, focused on particularly the 14-year-old underage victim that they say was involved uh, it was just, as I said, 14 years old. They said that that summer camp turned into a nightmare. They detailed the allegations involving uh, the three other alleged victims in this case, uh, going into detail about. So do you want to go into detail into that case? Oh, my website's a hot mess. It's been spammed with ads. I haven't put them there. It's just a tax. I don't know how that happened. Um, bad code on the front end. So it's literally PHP code from scratch. But I wrote out all the articles. You can find my Epstein shit all in there. I even put down the Trump article where he kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago when he did it. I put down the victim that Les Wexner, you should read my Wexner articles, where he took one of those kids and had them as prisoners, sex slaves with her brother, right? One of the girls with her brother in Ohio at Lex Wexner's place. And I have put that all out there. I had... Pictures that nobody ever had. And that bitch at Red State Talk Radio, Scott Adams, not Scott Adams says, the other one, deleted my SQL, little bitch. And, you know, it was probably Haley Kennington, too, because she had access to my website. And maybe, you know, she had someone go in. But I'll let the FBI deal with it because I'm telling you, I'm a patient fucking bitch. So um, I had all of those out there from Edgar Bronfman, who made him who he is, how they did it, what his ties were with Clinton, how they worked in energy together, Helton Energy Management, right, that stemmed in Ohio. They did the whole Enron scheme, how his guy over at Sloan Catering still has his hands in the back end in North Dakota oil that Jeffrey Epstein did. Uh, from Deutsche Bank. And uh, you'll be surprised how much money uh, they make on the side. It's just so insane. Um, but anyway, let's continue with their reporting. The types of evidence and witnesses they expect to call, uh, including obviously those four women, but also some of Epstein's former employees. And that takes us to the person who's on the stand now and Larry Visosky, who's one of Epstein's longtime jet pilots. So he was one of the people that was involved in flying that now infamous Boeing 727. Just before coming out here, Kate, he testified that he did his best to try to record some of the names of who were on those flights. Uh, but in fact, he did not record 
record all of them, particularly when they were domestic flights, and he didn't actually, uh, was not actually rather required by law to record those names. Now, how's Maxwell's side responding? Well, in her opening statement, uh, defense attorney Bobby Sternheim uh, coming out and saying, look, this is uh, in going right after uh, the victim's credibility here, uh, Kate, uh, being very specific that this is about three things. One, the memory of these victims, the charges here go back to 1994, or the conduct, I should say, goes back to 1994 to 2004. She said that memory could be contaminated by information that's come out since this case was initially charged, since uh, the uh, plethora of news coverage has come out, the intense media news coverage of what Epstein and Maxwell allegedly did has come out. And she also focused on the idea of money, saying that all of these alleged victims have retained civil counts on, on the victims and says that the evidence here just doesn't support their claims. Prosecutors obviously uh, already uh, uh, addressing that uh, in their opening statement, saying, no, in fact, there's going to be a lot of corroborating evidence that they intend to offer uh, that backs up the uh, statements uh, from these uh, four alleged victims. So that's where things stand now. We should wrap up here in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. I expect to fully expect that the pilot, Larry uh, Visosky, will be back on the stand tomorrow, Kate, uh, to face cross-examination and continue direct examination. One little note, he's being questioned by Maureen Comey, uh, the uh, daughter of former FBI Director James Comey, who's worked at this U.S. Attorney's Office for some time, uh, continuing a family tradition of working uh, for the U.S. Attorney's Office. So they're telling you, like, this is news. This is what sucks. This is them saying, don't worry, we've got our own person here. Calm down, everybody around the world. She's on it. You have to remember that it was Maureen Comey that was, uh, you know, that would say who goes in and out to see Epstein, too. I already talked about that. Nobody else did. I did. I told you Maureen Comey was all over Epstein. Anyone that entered the MCC, exited, had access to Epstein. She was the prosecutor. And I also told you that I first met Comey when he was U.S. attorney in New York, right? I did tell you that. And how he quickly became, you know, acting attorney general because, <laughs> you know, under the Bush era, Ashcroft got sick. And suddenly he did a year and a half as U.S. attorney and he was picked to be acting attorney general. <laughs> so freaking weird. So freaking weird with Mueller as FBI director. So weird. Like these guys have been in this together for like forever. So now they're telling you, oh, Maureen Comey, shut the fuck up. She was on top of the Epstein case too. But nobody talked about it because they didn't want to tell you. The media doesn't want to tell you. See, they tell you enough. The right media, like the Tuckers, the Pasobics, all those losers, right? And I'm not going to talk about the independent people that try to play right media. <laughs> you know, they just don't know what they're talking about. They're just taking shit that other people did because they don't really know the spec. And, you know, it's kind of sick. I shouldn't say that because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them to know about it. I wouldn't want them to understand the Hunter laptop. I wouldn't want them to understand Epstein because if you can understand it, you feel filthy, right? You feel completely filthy. But when you get other people that are in the in the drops in the morning in assignments. This is what we're going to talk about today. You know, uh, it's like, it's so, it's so bad. It is so bad. I am so tired of the people being mesmerized with bullshit that, that both sides are controlled. They're telling you what they want to tell you. It's, it's horrific. When they could have told you Maureen Comey was on top of Epstein, that would have been a great story, but nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to talk about that stuff when that happened.
that she was in charge, that Comey's daughter was in charge of that. That's what sucks. It really does suck. I just get so aggravated when I see things like this because people are like, oh my gosh, Maureen Comey. And it's like, dude, if, if MSNBC is telling you, then it's not for you. It's not for your benefit. It's not because they're forced to, right? It's because they're telling other people. It's a dog whistle. Okay, it's a dog whistle. Oh, we've got Maureen Comey, former FBI director, honoring the tradition. He's anything but honorable. She is. <laughs> so that was that from MSNBC. Now, let's go to what the BBC are saying, because, <laughs> you know, Prince Andrew and all. I mean, is he still sick? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know anything. I mean, apparently Prince Andrew did nothing wrong. <laughs> Let's go. Know what was going on inside Ghislaine Maxwell's East her jury for the first time in her trial over sex trafficking of minors. Outwardly, she appeared composed, quaffed, relaxed, carefully dressed. She smiled from behind her mask and greeted her sister in court. Ms. Maxwell has been in an American jail since her arrest last year. Her trial is expected to last six weeks. She's pleaded not guilty to the charge against her, essentially that she groomed, coerced and trafficked underage girls for sex with her sometime boyfriend, Jeffrey Epstein. Her legal team's made unsuccessful applications for bail. Her family have repeatedly complained about her conditions in jail and say she is being punished in the absence of Epstein himself, who committed suicide 36 days into his own arrest. Well, we're joined now from Toronto by Barbara Shearer, who is the director and executive producer of the docuseries all about Ghislaine Maxwell, titled Epstein's Shadow. She's been keeping up to date with events in court. Um, today, Barbara, wh what was the thing that struck you first and foremost when you were watching? Uh, first and foremost, I think the, the opening statement by the uh, prosecutors, there was really no surprises in that respect. They started with uh, characterizing the first victim, which is a 14-year-old um, who was preyed upon by, uh, allegedly preyed upon by Glenn Maxwell and Epstein. Um, and they just, so, and they went through each of the stories with them. So to me, they also portrayed Glenn Maxwell as, um, understandably, a predator and the lady of the house. So the lady of Epstein's house, making her very important in Epstein's life. Which is interesting about this is the defense went on uh, to portray her as an employee, so not close to Epstein at all, and a scapegoat. And the word scapegoat uh, initiated the first objection in the courtroom today. It was overruled, but the whole idea is that we know the direction that the defense is going in, in that it's, uh, this is really Epstein's trial, but it's Ghislaine Maxwell that's paying for the deeds of Epstein. And they actually even got biblical about it, which was, which was fascinating. And, you know, she cited the, the uh, Ghislaine's defense lawyer cited Adam and Eve and how women have paid for the misdeeds of men throughout history. It was very, it was very odd. And, and I think to me, the most notable aspect um, of the defense statement was the fact that uh, they painted Epstein in a fairly positive light. I mean, they said he was, you know, he, he, he had positive traits. He was attractive. He had a halo effect. Uh, he was almost like a James Bond character. I mean, it was, it was actually shocking that they sort of went on that way about right. him. Right. So uh, 
Curiously, or, or bravely, I guess we, we should say, one of the defendants has waived her right to anonymity and she's on the front of quite a few of our papers at home uh, today. Sarah Ransom, who um, alleged that she was raped by Jeffrey Epstein, um, arrived at the court today. And I guess this is, this is the first time that she will have come face to face with Ghislaine Maxwell. She, she said she, she never actually expected th th today to arrive. Yes, yes. She settled actually in two, 2017 um, with the Epstein and with Epstein and Maxwell. So yeah, she arrived and she just what you said. So she was very happy to be there. There are a few people. Isabel Maxwell was in the courthouse as well. And uh, some of the lawyers for other uh, victims also arrived. So this is a big day for a lot of I mean, I've read about false memory. They're going to try and say that these defendants weren't remembering a sequence of events properly. That, will that wash with a jury, do you think? You know, it's, it, it might. It actually might. That'll be the main challenge, I think, for the prosecution. I think the defense... The defense's argument hinges on um, basically undermining the credibility of these of these girls, of these witnesses, um, and that will namely be by questioning their memory. Uh, a lot of these the witnesses or victims, uh, what happened to them uh, was in the 94, 97, and 2001. So they've also brought in a very key expert for the defense, uh, Elizabeth Leftis. Right. She was one of the key experts for the Weinstein trial as well as the O.J. Simpson trial, and she's an, a memory expert. So we know oh. the direction that the defense is going. We're going to keep watching it. Thank you very much indeed for bringing us up to date this evening. Barbara Shearer there. Yeah, I mean... So you were a victim and they both used you and she coerced you. I'm pretty sure that um, she was the one that you need to read my article with um, President Trump where he kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago and how Ghislaine had hired the girl. And I had put all that information there. That article is missing, but you should find it. It's missing like online, but I archived that. I've been archiving for a while now. Um, what happened was Ghislaine hired her like to do massages on the outside. I've got all of it. I've got the, the, the ranch in New Mexico. I mean, I've told you about his planes moving from some out hill and just appearing in, I don't know, like Antarctica and stuff. I mean, that's so weird, but you know, I've, I've put that in there. They're going to try to say that these people don't remember. It's always the women that coerce the other women. It's very difficult for a man to convince a girl to do something unless, you know, they're um, an authority figure uh, from a young age. This is normal psychology. So, you know, it's women that make it look alluring. You know, when you see someone dripping in Dior and and Gucci and like, yeah, you could totally do this and you can have this. Here's a here's a nice handbag. Here's a nice shirt. Here's this. The, you know, as, as women, we know how we get alert when we're younger and how superficial we are or how difficult it is. Um <clears throat> Men are going to be a lot less eager to do something like that to young women, right? Women, though, are the predators. Um, are we forgetting the whole, you know, sex slave thing with the Smallville character who she was recruiting all the little girls? I mean, you remember that? I mean, stop. There's no leg to stand on. And yes, Epstein was handsome. If any of you have seen him in person, I have. He was really handsome. He was quite stunning, but he also was quite uh, imposing 
like in not a good way. So, you know, he was very handsome. He was very alluring, but he was actually very square too. He wouldn't eat anybody's food. Um, you know, he'd only eat at home. He'd have his own chef on a plane. Uh, when he stopped off at naval bases, he would bring people on the plane to eat with him rather than get off. He wouldn't touch shit. He was a germaphobe. He hated people. He despised people. So anyway, um, bottom line is all of this is coming out and the concern that many have, uh, and, 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 and I share the same concern is the whitewash. Right. It's kind of like the whitewash they did with Jackie Bao with the Hunter Biden thing where she was some floozy when she was the one that facilitated the exchange for, you know, the um, LNG down in Louisiana. I told you that I showed you the documentation in Chinese. I even had it translated. And I, I think I even put an article about that. I hope I did. I know I gave it to Rudy because they just sold all our our our. So. Uh, you know, this, this is the same thing. People whitewash things because they run to get a story out and then people don't want to listen anymore. Um, so this is a concern that everyone has with Ghislaine Maxwell. And now that they've reinforced Maureen Comey's here, it's like, let them scathe, let them scathe. Uh, but it's not going to be so easy. Speaking of not going to be so easy, it was today that um, Chuck Grassley, who we're supposed to, you know, I, I trust him, but I lack faith because there were so many times that I sent him things and nothing was done, but you know, it's all about timing, right? You have to be patient. You have to wait. I'm extremely impatient. And I'm like, no, if we do it this way, it's better. But, um, here's where he, um, brought up a Hunter Biden record. Take a listen. Today I'm going, I'm going to, to highlight, highlight a new Hunter Biden record that I've recently made public. Before I get to that point, I'm going to take a trip down memory lane. Yes, down memory lane. On September 23rd, 2020, Senator Johnson and I released our quote-unquote Biden report, as it has been called. That report Folks focused on questionable financial transactions between the Biden family and foreign government-linked individuals. On November the 18th, 2020, we released a supplemental to that report. I'm going to read several statements from the media and my Democrat colleagues about our report. So, start with September 23rd, 2020, a New York Times article by Nicholas Flandos described it in two ways. Quote, lack of meaningful new information, end of quote. And, quote, overlap with Russian disinformation campaign, end quote. And then Democratic Minority Leader was quoted in the same article and said the report read, quote, as if Putin wrote it, not United States Senators, end of quote. On September 23, 2020, Salon article by Igor Dershish quoted a Democratic Senator saying, 
that the report was the culmination of a, quote, sham investigation, end quote. In that article, the same Democratic senator described our investigation as being, quote, rooted in diff's information, end quote, from Russian operatives. Separately, a Democratic senator also said about our report, quote, bottom line, the Johnson-Grassley investigation is baseless. It's laundering Russian propaganda for circulation in the U.S., end quote. On September 23, 2020, CBS article by Melissa Quinn, Another Democratic senator said about our report, meaning the Johnson-Grassley report, quote, the chairman have amplified a known Russian attack on our election, end quote, and, quoting again, it is unconscionable that the chairman are continued to advance false information intended to undermine our democratic process at the expense of bipartisan work that we should be doing to protect our national security, end quote. That same CBS article said that our report, quote, reveals little new information, end of quote. And one Washington Post columnist, Josh Rogan, said, quote, even after accepting disinformation from Russian agents, Johnson and Grassley couldn't come up with anything new or interesting on Hunter Biden, end of quote. So, understand this. Week after week, month after month, year after year, the media and my Democrat colleagues falsely attacked our investigation with reckless disregard for the truth. I've spoken at length on the Senate floor rebutting all these false charges with example after example. I did so on May the 11th, 2021, March the 18th, 2021, December the 14th, 2020, December the 10th, 2020, October the 19th, 2020, and September the 29th, 2020. Well, on November the 15th this year, Senator Johnson and I publicly released a record that I placed in part on this poster next to me, and I'll get to this in a minute. The full document illustrates an assignment and assumption of business interest. The part next to me is a signature block in unaltered form, including one typographical error. The signature block includes Hunter Biden, two of his companies, and individuals connected to the Communist Chinese regime. 
Now, I had that document last year. You know, we were going through it. We had it. It was no big deal. We also have the other uh, signature pages and stuff like that. But you're going to say, why now? Well, since they're getting rid of him, why might as well make it worth the while? See, sometimes people have to go with the swell. It's kind of when you're when you're swimming. You know, if you try to fight the waves and you don't swim with the waves, so every time there's a peak, you peak too. So you can gain ground with less friction. You know, you you mess up. You're swimming into the wave and you get hurt. So sometimes you go with the swell until, you know, you can go. I'm extremely impatient. We had all this. You know, we were talking about Louisiana. I think I was telling my lawyer, Grant, <laughs> uh, your, your state's so fucked up because it's like Chinese monkey Island. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. You have to go with emotions. So that way, when you break from the wave and you catch a surf, they don't expect you. Right. So, um, that's how that goes. On another note, before I end, I just wanted to say, I know everyone's like all freaking out. Oh my gosh, they're taking our DNA with the swabs and they're selling it. You guys already knew that, right? We called them DNA harvesting parties for a reason. So what do you do to stop it? You can't. It's a done. It's already been done. You got tested once, you're already in the system. You served in the country. You're already in the system anyway. You've been arrested. You're definitely in the system. So it is what it is, is what I'm trying to say. So don't get pan- your panties in a twist for things you can't fix at the moment. But just remember that, you know, things are happening the way they're happening because they had to. You had to see it to understand it. Telling you was not enough. Uh, that's, I know it sucks. It so sucks. Well, we didn't have to go through this. We didn't, hopefully you guys watched the movie, um, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Maybe that um, could have given you a little bit of comfort on um, on why sometimes things happen uh, the way they do. So on that note, I think we should listen to a different kind of um, song. No, that's not it. I'm trying to find the right one. Hold on. I want it to be fun. Super fun. Hold on. I'm going to find it. I heard this mashup and I was like, well, you know, this is good. Let's go. God bless everyone. I'm gonna die for the shit, you know, I do.
shit fucking loud, holy shit, nigga. Oh, you going back to broke, feel me, set it dope. That's why you made me ass rap, niggas better know. Yes, and I'm making it, don't tell mistake it. I got them by a landslide, we talk about races. You know this never be a die, just look at their laces. You know careers take off, just gotta be patient. Mr. the one through five, that's the only logic. Fake my death, go to Cuba, that's the only option. Gotta slap a pussy ass nigga, I'ma move in Sexy, sexy, bitch nigga And imaginary bitch nigga, act Seven fingers, know that's over, get my bitch figure act Going bitch, you're doing this, you're going all y'all act Watch your coming, there's money in my phone cards act We okay, we let the A on the body We okay, we do the same G5 Looking for me heavy, cause they go, yeah, go, yeah They never been ready, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah I'm the gay with the flow, cause we flow, yeah Let me get out fucking with the flow, yeah, the flow, yeah Years in the making, they don't get mistaken I got them by a landslide, we talking about races You know there's never be a tie, just look at their laces You know careers take off, just gotta be patient Mr. the one through five, that's the only logic Get my death, go to Cuba, that's the only option If I do, if I don't Goddamn, it's all if you won't Damn, 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 it's a goddamn shame You ain't frontline, get out the goddamn way Damn, if I do, if I don't Goddamn, it's all if you won't Damn, 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 it's a goddamn shame You ain't frontline, get out the goddamn way Just say, I'm gonna tell you, get you killed. What do y'all do? Fox, I try to hide your hand. Just say his name, and I promise that you'll be getting in.